Welcome to Sinner's Take, another Catholic guys podcast of which we are the least forgiving. I'm Alec. I'm Eddie. And today we're going to be talking about forgiveness. So today, talk about forgiveness, huh? I don't, it's kind of like crazy that we haven't uh, talked about this yet. I feel like it's been on the short list of topics for a while, but uh, we never really got around to it. Yeah, I think it was on our list at the very beginning over of a like year ago. like 15 episodes we have to record right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, I think part of the reason also why we haven't really done too much on it is because there's a lot. <laughs> people have talked about forgiveness a lot because it is so central to the life of a Catholic. I think uh, really at its core is maybe the teaching that sets Christianity apart from a lot of other faiths. Uh, is I mean that's not even true. Obviously, forgiveness is important to everybody, but that like supernatural forgiveness of those who are, who have done you wrong, the the letting go of those things, is such a central and key part of Christianity, right? The love of neighbor, the the praying for those who persecute you. That it's it's just people talk about it all the time, and there's a lot of really good resources to to, to talk about. But uh, I think we wanted to do just kind of a discussion a little bit about well, we'll talk a little bit about the, the fundamentals of forgiveness. And then I kind of want to dive into like the nitty gritty of like what, let's get down to the nitty gritty <laughs> in the words of Nacho Libre about <laughs> what does that actually look like in your life? Maybe we could talk about, you know, that old timeless saying, forgive and forget. Is it true? Is it, is it accurate? You know, all, all, all things like that. And then talk maybe about how trust, you know, what's the difference between forgiveness and trust or if is there, um, and all of that. How does that sound? Uh, that's interesting. What you were when you were saying that, I was thinking about the pray for those that persecute you, because the idea of Christian forgiveness goes beyond. And maybe you could say that that's just part of it. But I would say colloquial forgiveness of like not acting in a negative way towards somebody. Not only are we called to not, you know, seek out retribution necessarily and revenge and not only are we not allowed to just stay neutral but we're supposed to pray for those who persecute you and actively try and help those people who have wronged us which is very tough (laughs) so hard and obviously this is one of the key points of the our father and i feel like like i said many people who have talked about forgiveness probably everybody who's talked about forgiveness always goes right to the our father right as we forgive those who trespass against us and it essentially requires that of the of the Christian who is seeking out forgiveness from God, it requires that we also forgive those who have wronged us. And that's like, that's so central, right? As we forgive those who trespass against us. And so what does that really look like in our life? Because I do think there is a lot of people who uh, they say they forgive, but they, they maybe even don't, right? And it's, it's something that like we want to say that we have, forgiven someone or something for some sort of act when in reality maybe we haven't or we say that we've forgiven them but under every circumstance we kind of bring it up a little bit and maybe hold a grudge or you know it's really hard to not keep score in situations i'm if anybody listened to the episode from two weeks ago carlo talked about how it's really difficult in marriage to like not keep score of things right where i forgive them but also i want to hold it over their head or i, I want i still want what's what's due to me i still want them to have to make it right even though i forgive them i want them to have to make it right and i think that actually i believe it was 
Father Mike Schmitz has a good video about this, as I think he does for a lot of things, where he talks about that that's right there, that tension there is at the core of forgiveness, that in order to forgive, you can't just blindly pretend like it doesn't bother you or just brush it off and say like, oh, it's nothing, right? I think that there's a lot of people who fall into, there's like only two categories. There's either like, I just don't forgive or they just blindly say, well, I forgive everybody or no one could do me anything that's wrong. And that I'm coining a phrase right here, right now, TM on Sinner's Take, calling it forgiveness. <laughs> yeah, that's right, right? For, for, forgiveness is, is the ignorance of saying you forgive somebody, even though you don't really know exactly what it is that you're forgiving. Um, pretty <laughs> I, good, right? Forgiveness. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll use it. Like it's a real word and just expect people to know what it means. <laughs> yeah, you're showing a lot of forgiveness right now. <laughs> um, but Father Mike Spitz talks about it really well, I think, where he says, uh, I, I don't remember exactly, but he says something to the extent of forgiveness is, is understanding that justice piece, right, of like getting what you deserve. And you look at something that somebody has, a wrong that someone has done to you, what they have, like what do they, what by justice are they required to like give you? And forgiveness is saying, I let go of that. I, I relinquish you from your need to pay me back what you owe me. And I think that that's so key. And I think that that's important to like, we can't just brush it off and say like, well, nothing gets to me or no one can do anything wrong to me or there, nobody does anything wrong ever. It really is. This person has done something wrong to me. He has cost me these, these situations in my life. He's cost me or this person has cost me my relationship. They've cost me financially. They've cost my time. They've cost my sanity, whatever it might be to say, I know that these are, this is what that person has cost me, but I forgive that debt that they owe me. I forgive the injustice that they have done to me. That's at the core of it. And what do you see as the relationship between that and, and maybe you were thinking about getting into this later, but like an eye for an eye. And I think it leaves the whole world blind, you know? (laughs) And I don't know, I don't know if you want to get into that later, but that's what I'm thinking, you know, is this, how do you reconcile Christian forgiveness with the Bible saying an eye for an eye? Well, I believe the Bible says an eye for an eye, specifically in the Old Testament, where it was it was a way to, because back in the day, right, it was, it, people, someone plucked out someone's eye, they would go and they would kill them, or something even far worse uh, than, than just plucking out an eye. And so when they're saying an eye for an eye, what, he, what Jesus was, what Jesus, it wasn't Jesus, it was <laughs> God speaking to Moses, but was speaking that, make it right. But that is before the idea of redemptive suffering has come into the revelation of the world where forgiveness is possible through that, through what Jesus did on the cross. And this, this supernatural forgiveness is, is a reality for people, right? People always like to, to, they kind of nitpick certain things in the Bible, as opposed to looking at it as a whole long story and revelation of God as coming through time where at first, right? God's saying, okay, don't, overreact right and then that paves the way for the christian form of forgiveness that is to turn the other cheek and things of that nature yeah so it it was at first when someone steals ten dollars from you you don't steal their house you you get ten dollars back you don't get more than that back is that kind of what you're saying yeah 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 and so but i think there's there's an interesting point that we're getting at here too is because there is a difference, I think, between like your forgiveness of another person and in a legal standpoint too. There's, 
I this isn't saying I don't and I don't think that it is in anybody who's listening who disagrees or whatever can let us know. But to my understanding and everything that I've learned, like Christianity is not saying that we need to abolish the court systems and we need to abolish prison and we need to make it so because the problem is right is when social contract right and we live in a in a uh, society ruled by a governing force where people come together and they agree that this is the set of rules that we live by in order for everyone to live to their fullest and this is obviously an important aspect of humanity right for even just from like a like a sociology standpoint like the world cannot function without governments really um, or at least not function as well as it does and now obviously governments make tons of mistakes but that being said is it possible for me to forgive somebody and also still think that they should go to jail or to even for someone to go to jail and i think obviously the christian standpoint is yes it is possible because there's a difference between your forgiveness of like me to you and you to the government because when you do something wrong to me i can forgive and the debt that you owe me right i can i can i can forgive you know that emotional debt that you caused me i can forgive that but you also wronged the society as a whole and broke the rules of that social contract and therefore there's a whole separate set of punishment that i think falls under that specifically that that functions differently also yeah almost the idea of precedent and deterrence in the law. I'm just thinking now if somebody wrongs you and they can be absolved legally by you like publicly saying that you forgive them, then they could do other things to try and get you to say that you forgive them so that they could be absolved legally. It just gets really messy, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's it's also not fair to like impose that onto somebody else that I'm willing to let a killer go who might kill somebody else who I don't know, who I can't, because I forgave them. So I think that forgiveness is something completely separate than just diminishing jail time or anything like that, which I think, I don't really think anybody is really making that assertion. I mean, I've never come across like an argument against Christianity being, well, you guys think that uh, if you forgive somebody, they shouldn't go to jail for murder. Like, I don't, I don't see that anywhere, and I don't see that being like an issue, So, but I think it's worth I do, mentioning. I do see it. Uh, it's making me think of confession and the seal of confession, the idea that if a pedophile confesses to a priest what he's done, that, you know, the priest doesn't have to report it. And he can be forgiven for that. Yeah, that and that's a whole that's a whole tough situation. I know that that, especially for those of you guys who live in California, was uh, on on the chopping block at the uh, in the courts here for a while. Um, I don't actually know exactly where we where where it landed and what the, you know, if there's repercussions going forward or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, and for anybody who's listening, who's not Catholic or is confused about this, or have never really thought about it right Yeah, the, there's a, a classic question and debate of what happens if a person who has committed a serious crime goes to a priest, what is the moral obligation of the priest to report that and to their, to their country and to the law when they have what's called the seal of confession, which means that if you, speak to somebody else what they have confessed to you uh you actually you you lose your your collar you 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 get apostatized as a priest and you you get excommunicated essentially um so you you lose like everything uh because that breaks the vow of confession the seal of confession um and obviously it's a little bit complicated too because uh you don't always see what the person looks like you know they could be behind a screen and things but technically what a priest is supposed to do is it's in order to receive to because so part of what um, confession, how confession works, right, is 
you have to have proper contrition, which means you have to actually be sorry for what you have done. And in order to genuinely be sorry for what you have done, you have, there is an element of you have a desire to make it right. So to the best of your ability. Now, that means that in confession, if you confess that you stole something and you have the ability to give it back, then you are required to give it back. If you, if you are like, if you pickpocketed somebody who you never saw before and never saw again, it is not your moral obligation to go track down the world looking and for this person you stole it. 20. <laughs> yeah. And put, po- <laughs> and put pocket $20 back into their, their pocket or whatever. But if you stole from your mom $20 out of her wallet, you are required to make in order to if you're genuinely sorry for it, you would have a desire to make it right. So you would go and tell her and find a way to pay her back or whatever. So that that works in this situation, too. If you want genuine absolution for it, you have to have uh, genuine contrition for it, which means that you would have to theoretically part of it is that you would have a desire to make it right, which would involve um, seeking out the legal authorities and making that right which is obviously tough. And some people have a really hard time, even Catholics. I remember I I've even struggled with this too, where it's like, dang, well, like, like he should just tell, I mean, and obviously, but there's, there's a, there's just so much that would be at stake with that. So yeah, that there, that is, that is one thing actually specifically. Yeah. That, I mean, it's not exactly what we were talking about, but it is something good to, to yeah. mention. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about uh, people attacking the Catholic idea of forgiveness and part of it, I'm thinking about back to what you had said earlier, that what do we exactly have the power to forgive is, like you were saying, our own, you know, what we are owed. But when a wrong is done, it's not in such an isolated way that it is only to us and there are no other things going on. So the idea that you could throw out justice because just you forgave them seems when it's it's not just you it's just just us us. nice i was hoping you were (laughs) gonna say that (laughs) but also it doesn't eliminate the idea of justice because you kind of need the idea of justice for forgiveness and i guess we're kind of getting into the idea of mercy here by saying that because there is no there can be no mercy without justice yeah it's like i mean there can be there can be no warmth without cold all that all that stuff right like it's only in the it's it's in the the forgiveness of of what is due that mercy is there right uh and if you aren't if there's no punishment for what you have done then there's nothing that needs to be given mercy obviously but yeah totally true so now i guess the the question is because we kind of we kind of brushed on it though is i think there are a lot of people who we struggle with it and myself included right it's it's tough to to forgive and it's tough to 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 actually feel that in your heart and it's kind of where, how do you actually do that? How do you go about doing that? Because I think there's a lot of things here. I always, I, I, we maybe have talked about this in a previous episode and I, or we've at least talked about possibly making it a whole episode, but it, it comes up here too. And I think you can always kind of tell if somebody in their heart hasn't genuinely forgiven somebody because there's still a lot of pain there. I'm not trying to downplay people's experiences of saying that like, well, you should just forgive them because why are you, why are you still holding on to this years later? Because there are some seriously evil and wrong things that people have experienced in life. Maybe some of you who are listening have some people who have wounded you very, very deeply, but forgiveness, it really is a necessary step for healing with that. I think people, I always like to go back to the difference between like a wound and a scar where people can hurt you and it does, it leaves scars in, in your, on your soul that, may never be completely healed. But the difference is though, is a scar doesn't hurt. If you touch a scar, if you brush a scar against something, 
it doesn't, you don't feel it, right? It doesn't, it doesn't cause you physical pain. You can see it forever, but a wound means that it hasn't completely healed and it does hurt if you touch it. It does hurt if something else were to happen to it. And I think that without forgiveness, that wound just kind of festers and it hurts for people to talk about. Not saying that, that people will never be sad if they've, you know, you can forgive somebody and still be sad about something and still feel not like super happy when you're talking about it, but like a genuine, if there's a genuine hurt there that when you're talking about it or when it gets brought up, when you think about it, that it's, that it causes your soul pain. I think that's a, a sign that you, we haven't begun to move or at least haven't completed the process of healing, which I think is a, such a key part is forgiveness. Forgiveness is, is what heals those wounds um, undoubtedly. And I know that that's, you know, everybody know everybody's been told that at least I would imagine, you know, people, uh, that's kind of like what everybody who's had these experiences says, but I think that it's obviously the reason why everyone says it is because there's, there's truth to it. And those are some of the hardest things. Let them sink all the way and pervade your heart. Those things you hear all the time, but yeah, there's a reason you hear it all the time. And I, I imagine a lot of people are probably thinking or have thought at some point in their life what does forgiveness actually look like and because they'll, they'll go through phases where they'll say i don't feel like i've forgiven this person even though i want to right I've, I've made like i want to forgive them but i still hold i still have this this feeling in my heart that's weighing me down that makes it feel like i haven't forgiven them but like i've made the, the decision or or on the flip side has been like well i actually i feel like i do feel like i've forgiven them now uh even though like today i feel fine about it even though really i haven't made that decision to actually forgive them and i thought a lot about this because i think we get so confused because our heart is so fickle i think our heart you know sometimes is wounded sometimes is happy sometimes is sad and our emotions fluctuate a lot and this is obviously true with love and things of that nature, or at least affection, right? We Sometimes we feel very affectionate to somebody. Sometimes we just don't. And I think a lot of what our world has decided love is has seeped into what forgiveness is as well. And I think that that's a problem. So people say, you know, the logic follows, as, as I was thinking about this today, preparing for this episode, the logic follows, right? Why people get divorced is I feel affection towards this person. That must mean I love them. I get married to them. Affection dies away. So therefore I don't love them. So therefore I divorce them. Um, and it's that cyclical, the heart, you know, changes how it feels from day to day, sometimes week to week, however long, and is feels different from time to time. And that affects whether I think I actually love the person. Well, we know that love is actually a choice that love comes with all sorts of different emotions. And it's not, it's like, it's not an emotion of love. It is the act of the will to choose love. Uh, to choose what's best for the other person, right? To will the good of the other. And I think there's truth to this in forgiveness when I was reflecting on it today, because some days we feel like we're not weighed down by this. Some days we feel like we are. And I think we get frustrated and confused about whether or not we've forgiven somebody because our whole life is going to, that's going to change. And we get frustrated because we say, well, I made the decision to forgive somebody and I felt good with it a year ago. And now I'm not really feeling great about it. Or I felt good about it yesterday and I'm not really feeling good about it anymore. But I think that there's truth to that too, that forgiveness is an act of the will as well. It's not just, I mean, ultimately it's an act of love of yourself and other people, right? It's what's best for you. It's what's best for them. But it's, it's also, it's not attached to this emotion. It's not that all of a sudden, if you, your heart doesn't feel sad anymore, then you've forgiven them. And it's not, if your heart does feel sad, that all of a sudden you don't forgive them anymore. I think that it's an active choice that you have to choose over your emotions all the time. And 
that is important. And I think for those of you guys who are struggling with the, I feel like I've forgiven them or I don't feel like I've forgiven them or how do I forgive them? I think it really is. It starts with that, with that choice that I have chosen to forgive somebody. I've chose, I've chosen to chosen, chosen, chosen. Oh my goodness. I have, cho- I have chosen to let that person off the hook for what they owe me. I have cho- I have chosen to do this. And that's obviously important and like we said key to the to the christian life as a whole does that make sense it it really makes sense and what it's making me think of is the idea the or the difference between motivation and determination if you will or like persistence and people ask you know any you can go to kobe bryant or a lot of uh incredible athletes and how do you find the motivation to get up at 5 a.m every day and go work out um not always feeling the most motivated, but I'm going to do it despite feeling unmotivated, despite being tired, despite wanting to rest. I think that if you could get ripped in one day, we would see a lot more ripped people, but it takes that (laughs) discipline, discipline. That's the word I wanted. Motivation versus discipline. The discipline of keeping that over time is the same thing with forgiveness. You might be motivated one day to forgive someone and then not feel it the next day, like you're saying, but having that determination of no, out of love, I'm going to continue to choose this. And if you go back to the example of owing a debt, if someone you know owes you 10 bucks and you say, no, it's, it's okay, and then the next day you might wanna say, actually, I want, I want that $10, what does that look like? Have you, have you really forgiven the debt or were you just kinda delaying it? Yeah, I think of the Office episode where uh, Dwight betrays Michael and then uh, Michael says, uh, "You can just hug it out." And then, and then at the end of the episode, he's like, "And at the end of the episode, turns out we couldn't just hug it out. I was pretty mad, so I'm making him do my laundry for a year." Um, there's an example right there of how for, your heart can lead you somewhere one moment and lead you somewhere else in another. But the the thing is, I, that I was thinking about that I meant to say too is that because we can't control the emotions of our heart, right? That takes like really that's more of a like you can see gradual increase in pattern, I think. Um, yeah, hopefully like over it'll time. follow. Yeah, it'll follow. But like, it's not a completely linear line. Like the heart functions as like, you know, one day you're at plus 10, one day you're at negative five, one day you're at negative six, one day you're at plus three, one day you're at zero. And over time, that average line can go up through virtue. But that doesn't mean that you're never going to drop into the negatives again. There will always be outliers with the heart. And that's not really 100% in our control, I don't think. I think there's a lot of emotion and... Um, stimulus that's outside of us that that affects that and therefore like if you just your heart is prompting you to feel forgiveness and you choose that there's not really a whole lot of virtue in that and conversely like if you feel anger in your heart that like and you're you've renounced it but it's still kind of lingering uh there's no real vice in that either like that the, the 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 virtue and the vice is in the choice just like in everything else right like you can't control, even as a married person, 100% like that you'll never be attracted to another person again. But over time, through choice, you can develop yourself to like have pure thoughts and have a purity of heart in everything that you do. Does that make sense? It does. And it sounds like you're taking a stance on, you know, is it better to be born good or become good through a great struggle? It sounds like you think it's the latter. Yeah, probably. Uh, I haven't really thought of it that way, but that sounds good. It sounds like something I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you're saying, the virtue is in the choice. I guess how difficult the choice is varies, but that's a separate can of worms. Yeah. We'll burn that bridge when we get there. Yeah. 
Um, you had something. Yes, I. So when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about must we forgive or should we forgive? And do you have any thoughts on that from the get go before I share mine? Uh, both. We should forgive and we must forgive. Well, if we must, sort of. then we should. I'm saying yeah. only should we or also must we? Uh, depends. So it depends Ought on... implies can. That's yeah. not quite related, but also <laughs> kind of works. Um, it depends on what you want. So what, what, are you, what are you hoping for? There's not a, a need for it in the sense that we need to breathe. Like if you, if you don't breathe, you will die. If you don't eat, you will die. So those are things that you have to do. That being said, though, there are other things that you have to do if you want a certain outcome, right? Like if you want to be ripped, you have to work out. You can't, you cannot have being ripped without working out. So if you want, if you desire, and this is where I'm, this is where, this is where I will say, because the reason I said, yes, you have to forgive, you need to forgive because if you desire everlasting life in heaven with God, you have to forgive. It is not a should. Um, it is, it is a half. Always? Um, you have to at least always be working towards it, I would say. Yeah. You have to at least always want to forgive. And people like, and then you could say like, well, what if you never actually do then? Uh, let's, let's have you every day try to forgive somebody. And then at, after five years, tell me if you haven't actually forgiven them. And then we'll talk about that. You know, I, I find that very hard to believe that if you make the conscious effort to do this for consistently and take it to prayer consistently, that God's just going to leave you out to dry with it. I don't, I don't believe that that is possible. So, and um, people will, you know, love to throw out. Well, so should I, my grandpa lived through uh, World War II. Should he just forgive Hitler? And they want to bring those extreme examples. So do you have a, a thought on that? Uh, yes, you should work to forgive Hitler. If, if he, uh, you know, I mean, he's dead now, so. But you should, uh, you should, yeah, you should work to, for, to have no grudges in your heart, I think. I think that that's, again, like we said, then there are fathers. As, as if we want forgiveness, we must forgive those who have, have wronged us. That is... Like, Jesus doesn't give us a whole lot of prayers. In fact, this is the only prayer he gives us, really. Um, we can emulate his lifestyle and emulate how he talked to God. But he's, this is the command, right? He says, when you pray, go into your room and lock the door and say these words, right? And so we have to take at, at face value that what he says is obviously very important. And so, therefore, if you want eternal life, if you there, so if you want your sins to be forgiven, you have to forgive sins. I think that that follows, on top of that, also should, like should in the sense that, yeah, because uh, it will make you happier. Like even even from a non-Christian perspective, there is psychological healing that happens in forgiveness um, for you and for the perpetrator. Yeah, they say, what is it? Um, holding a grudge is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Oh, that's good. I haven't heard that before. Say that again. Holding a grudge is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know where it's from, but I remember mm. hearing it. Yeah. But the quote I actually, that made me think about this is from, um, just a morning offering that comes in and it's awesome. But the quote is from St. Augustine, 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 Augustine. <laughs> I know people who say Augustine, but I'm pretty sure it's just Augustine. Every, Augustine. Mo most of the people who I know or not know, well, most of my teachers in college, I'll call them Augustine. I grew up saying Augustine was what I was told when I went through confirmation. And then I went to college and I heard Augustine. I felt like an idiot. I was like, are they two separate people or like? <laughs> <laughs> we'll just call him Augie. <laughs> yeah, St. Augie. Um, 
But he says, If you are suffering from a bad man's injustice, forgive him, lest there be two bad men. Yeah, that's good. I think Bobby posted that on Instagram at one point. I would believe it. Uh, <laughs> and I, I think it's it's like you were saying, you know, yes, we, we must forgive. To not forgive is an injustice, which feels really weird. Like we're talking about this whole idea of justice, uh, but in the context of this sentence is an injustice. Yeah. In in the context of the Christian life, in the in the moral life, it is you are doing an injustice to your to your brother um or sister. Right. And the other thing that I would like to say about that as well, kind of going back to the should as is when it comes to forgiveness, I think it's really easy to villainize other people and not to again not to downplay anything bad that somebody has done, but we see in in a lot of circumstances, in almost all circumstances that the reason why people are doing something wrong is because they see a good and they're trying to like, it's a, it's a twisted, a twisted mindset, but they're trying to do so. They're going after what they view as good, uh, in a very wrong way, obviously, or they're doing what they think is right. Or, and there's a lot of things that come into play with how people are raised. A lot of things that come into play with how were they failed to love, how, how did people fail to love them throughout their life that has caused them to have this twisted view of love that has caused them to inflict that onto you that even even the people who have done something evil to you most likely have had something evil done to them and if you don't forgive if you hold the if you hold grudges and you you don't let go of that in your heart all you're doing is continuing that cycle of 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 un, uncharity um which is obviously bad and you know is toxic that when you approach those situations with love you know they are some of the most powerful moments for people because it can completely change their life because they've never encountered authentic love before. And again, none of this make none of the, none of the things we have said make make it easy, but uh, I think important nonetheless. And then I think the last thing that we were going to talk about really, I mean, who knows how long this will go for? Uh, hours. No, there's that time that that timeless saying of forgive and forget, and yay or nay, yay or nay, forgive and forget. Can we? Should we? Um, I actually think that Bobby's wife, Jackie, I think she had a video on this from, uh, that on Ascension presents that, uh, so she preemptively stole our idea as did everybody else, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, I forgive. She even forget. took the good cat. She even took the good catechism verse from it. So for, <laughs> for anybody who, we had dibs. <laughs> yeah. The catechism was written for us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for so initial thoughts before we get there, I have always said yes. In order to forgive, you must forget. That has been my stance because I think that if you don't forget it, the, the people who don't forget it are the ones holding over. You know, they say they're forgiven, but they're still you, like you were saying, tossing in those little comments or holding them accountable for something that they have said they've forgiven them for. And I know I used a lot of pronouns there, which isn't the most clear way to talk. But I think that in order to truly forgive and to let something go, you have to forget about it. And maybe I mean only in the sense of the context of the relationship so that you're not bringing it up still. But you can't say you've forgiven someone for something, but then act the same way you would have otherwise mm -hmm. without forgiving them. Yeah, so maybe we, you don't necessarily mean forget. You mean like let go of essentially because. But I mean forget in the sense that 
it's really hard to keep something in your mind, like keep an injustice in your mind and in your heart and not let it affect you. And I don't know if it's an injustice to let it go completely, like you were saying, because the forgiveness is a choice that you have to continue to make. But the way that that choice becomes easier, if you forget about it, the choice becomes easier. And maybe there is virtue in the struggling to choose that forgiveness. Therefore, you should not forget. Hmm. Because, well, I mean, because obviously it, it's impossible to forget something. Like, you can't control that unless you get your mind wiped or something. But you can uh, continue to bring it up. Like, yeah. every time you bring it up and you start to have those feelings of anger of whatever it is, you can, like, snip that and say, nope let it go, let it go, let it go, not pretending that it never happened, but not bringing it up to yourself. Because that's one way to let an injustice fester is to keep bringing it up. Yeah, I've known that in my own life to let it grow that way. Yeah, absolutely. But that doesn't mean that you can necessarily forget it. Like, forget that I mean, that there are things happen. that, like, if I asked you your best third grade memory, it's not like you forgot it, but you're not... It's not something that comes up unless it's directly brought mm -hmm. up externally. Yeah. So you don't have to pretend it, it isn't there, but leave it alone. Yeah. Um, I think that I think that you worry you, 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 you that might lead to a bit of forgiveness, though. I don't think sweeping pain under the rug, if it, if it, if it hurts you, I don't think like forcing yourself to not think about. It, I don't think that that would be healthy. I guess I'm thinking about it. If it is a weight that is holding my ship back, I cut it off the ship and I let it sink. It's still there at the bottom of the ocean, but it is no longer weighing down my ship. Okay, but I, I mean, here's a, it's a disagreement in the analogy because I would say you can't control whether or not you cut it off from the ship. You can't control whether or not it weighs you down completely, especially not right away and... I think that, like I said, like pain and hurt, they linger for a while, whether or not you want it to or not. And I think it takes time for those things to heal. So does that make sense? It does. And I've never found my forgive and forget position very defensible. It's just that's how it's always made sense to me. And I don't, as we're even talking about it now and having to put it out, I'm not so convinced I totally mean forget as much as you know, stop bringing it up. Yeah. And de definitely don't hold it over people's heads. And like, I think when you say bringing it up, you mean like, kind of like what we talked about earlier, right? Like, uh, keeping a score, continually bringing it up, ho holding it over people's head. I think that that's, that's obviously true. I think that you should not do that. Um, because that means that definitely means that you haven't forgiven them. Like if you have to continually say it then and you want them to then you're not forgiving them of what they owe you because you want them to feel the emotional pain that you feel so you continually make them feel bad about it which in a way you're trying to get them to feel what you feel which means you have not released them of what they owe you is there a difference between acting as if it never happened and acting as if they are forgiven yes and i think that this is this is where your biggest disagreement is because i think a lot of people will say that just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean you need to still be friends with them. It doesn't mean that like, you know, if I let you borrow my wallet to go buy a pack of gum and you ended up buying 25 packs of gum and didn't tell me about it. And I find out later you are thinking in your head, 
correct me if I'm wrong, that I would have to give you my wallet to buy a pack of gum again. Whereas the other side would be, I do no, I no longer need, I can forgive you and no longer give you my wallet. Right. That's what I've always struggled with. Why? Yeah. Why do I not have to do the charity of allowing them the chance to do something wrong? Mm -hmm. Because I initially give them that chance out of love. So why am I not extending that same exact love after the fact? Yeah, because I think a lot of people would call you foolish, right? They'd be like, there's a difference between forgiveness and foolishness. I know that that's kind of a popular saying, I think, in the Catholic meta. Yeah, that, naive. Like, yeah, you, like you don't want to just... Because that, that kind of falls back to of the... Then why don't we just let all the criminals out? But again, but that that's a whole separate thing. I'm, I shouldn't probably shouldn't even bring that up. Um, and I think that you can let lend them your wallet again, but I don't think it's necessary. But it's yeah, that's tough because... And I think that... I I think I'm going to fall somewhere in between the two points cuz which I think is the lame stance to take I I it'd be better and more interesting if I took the hard stance the other way but <laughs> I think that cuz I don't know for for whatever reason it seems like yeah there would be I could see myself doing that again but there's other situations where I may no longer want to be friends with somebody right somebody has hurt me but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to seek out friendship with them anymore and I feel like I forgive them cuz that's happened in life right where you know there's been people who I disagree with or, but that's tough too, because I don't know if I made the conscious decision that I'm no longer going to be your friend or like, you know, life kind of just pulled us apart or by virtue of not having enough time. Like I can't just, they kind of yeah, just there are, drifted there away. There are always reasons. There are always things pulling you apart, but you stopped fighting against them. Yeah. So would you, what about that? Would you say that you have to continually, if I put, let's say me and Bobby, not, oh, I don't even know why I said, not Bobby, not, not as in the, the, the other host of Sinner's Take, uh, 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 Billy, <laughs> if me and Billy, if I put 10 units of effort into our friendship and then Billy backstabs me, would you say I'm morally required to continue to put 10, eff- two, 10 units of friend or not morally required, but like in order to have proper forgiveness, if I am able to, would you say I'm required to continue to put 10, eff- 10 units of effort into that friendship? What's just occurring to me now is the idea of the other party's involvement because if billy is truly contrite then i would say yes but Mm. if not then i think i would have to because i couldn't come up with a reason not to and it feels right i would say no if if billy is openly saying i might do that again then i think it's more than reasonable to not open your and it, it becomes very situational in my head but when we go to confession we're not forgiven conditionally it's not like okay like now you could get to heaven but like i'm not going to help you as much but if you get here great yeah it's not like god no longer trusts you with sanctifying grace he's like i forgive you but i'm not going to give you sanctifying grace anymore um and i think that that's tough right and i and i think that it's very obvious in trivial matters that like it's possible to to continue it but i i would never want like to be insensitive to those who have had like serious trauma from people right that it's like you have to be able to protect yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Where it's, um, and I think that, that, that always, that always is a possibility, right? That like out of prudence, um, you, you can't, so I think it's, you can forgive somebody and, and like never talk to them again. I think that's, that's a total realistic possibility. Um, especially if there's a matter of safety, there's a matter of physical harm, there's a matter of like genuine authentic abuse or something like that. Like that's totally on the table, right? Because like that's, 
a problem. I wouldn't I wouldn't close the door to that possibility. Yes. So is it loving them to forgive them and never talk to them again? Because if by talking to them again, you are supporting a continued vice. Yeah, but I wouldn't even, I, that's obviously a thing, but I wouldn't even want to, like, even if that is the case, right? Like, even if that's not the case where, like, they're trying to turn their life around and someone has done something very, very wrong to you, I don't think you would be morally required to speak to them again. Or, you know, maybe at some point to speak to them again, but definitely not for them to be a part of your life anymore. I think that I'm comfortable with having that. Like, let's say something. And I think so too. Yeah. I, I know, like, this position that I have, I'm, I'm more, more of a convinced that I'm wrong than that I'm right, but it, it, there's something in the way it makes sense in my head and my heart that I don't know if I have translated into words. And I think that, I, well, because I, I think there's also, there is also some truth to it, because I think a lot of people probably hide behind that too like the because again and i'm i'm just i'm taking all like the serious traumas off the table here but like like a small friendship backstabbing you know uh, some someone gossiped about you someone stole something from you whatever it might be like these kinds of things that aren't as big of a deal it seems like if the person wants forgiveness and wants help there's there seems to be a an element of charity in like helping that rehabilitate them if that is a possibility for you but again is that a moral obligation that that's tough and a lot of time i feel like you you know it in your heart and we're trying we try to fight it but because there's so much so many moving pieces in a relationship like that whether you want to say obligated or not i think that there is that jiminy cricket in there a lot of the time yeah and i think and i think it is it is fair to say that like it does change i don't know if this is gonna there is gonna be a hard black and white line from this i think that it's quite possible that there like you have there's like you said there are so many other circumstances that come into play that like you really have to take a case by case where it's what is going to be the proper love in the situation because it's just like love like you can't you can't look at somebody if you have a loved one who is an addict the approach of how you're best love that person is different for everybody there is no like this is step a step b step c for when you have a loved one who is an addict to something like you have to there's so many other things that come into play and i think that this is also probably true in forgiveness that uh you have to look at the like how bad was the damage how what is the cost of your safety what is the cost of like what is the other person's headspace how do they feel about it where are they trying to amend in their life are they not um what is your actual availability to spend time with them all of these things need to be taken into consideration i think yeah, when you're looking at how what does your forgiveness look like, the question should be, how can I best love this person? Yeah, I th- and I think that I'm I'm I feel good with that. There, the catechism quote I think is is beautiful. It's one of it's, it's a very beautiful um, thing. I think it, we probably should have started with this because I think it would have shed light on some things. But um, I'm gonna uh, I'll read it now if, if unless you have anything else to add. Uh, it says, this is from paragraph two, uh, 2843, it says, It is not in our power not to feel or to forget an offense, but the heart that offers itself to the Holy Spirit turns injury into compassion and purifies the memory in transforming the hurt into intercession. I think so that that's wonderful. So it says that we're not, we can't forget. 
So yeah. my bad. <laughs> well, I mean, but again, I think what you were saying about forget is different than what this is saying about you're like you're saying there's an element to which you can hold over somebody's head and also how far back it can go into your subconscious where it doesn't affect you. That's not what they're talking about here. I think that what they're speaking of is like, it is not in our power to like forget something, but the heart that offers itself to the Holy Spirit turns injury into compassion. I think that that's so beautiful that especially like we talked about a little bit earlier that people who wound others usually comes from a wound of themselves. And when you can offer yourself to the Holy Spirit, that injury that you feel turns into a compassion towards the other person that like, how were you wounded? Like, how has your wound wounded me? And to turn that compassion, and it says it purifies the memory in transforming the hurt into intercession. Through the Holy Spirit, we have the ability to turn what has wounded us into, I want what's best for them. And I'm going to ask God for that. I'm going to use that hurt that they've caused me to to see through the muck of my own injury, my own hurt, to see through into their injury, into their hurt, and to intercede on their behalf. I think that you know, through God, all things are possible, right? God has the ability to heal memories, to heal situations in your life, to heal emotion, to heal your heart through him. Like I said, we can transform that injury into compassion. Yes. I love the way you explain it. That paragraph is, it's just such a beautiful thing. The idea that we, that our injury becomes love. And that's exactly what we say, right? He, there's nothing he can't do. There's no love that is too difficult for him if we let him into that. I want to close with another uh, quote, this one by St. Thomas of Villanova. I don't think I've ever heard of him. I hadn't either. Dismiss all anger and look into yourself a little. Remember that he of whom you are speaking is your brother. And as he is in the way of salvation, God can make him a saint in spite of his present weakness. So, when I'm reading that, I'm thinking of when we're angry and we are struggling to forgive, to remember that that other person is someone that God is turning into a saint and can turn into a saint. And to remember that love of how can I best help this person become the saint that God created them to be. Yes, absolutely. This reminds me of, I think I may have shared it on this before, but it fits in really well here too. One of the most profound moments of prayer in my life, I remember sitting at a restaurant eating with some friends and looking at a guy who was uh, eating alone and, you know, he's a middle-aged man and I just, there's something about when I see somebody who's eating alone, my, like, my heart just like moves and I feel like, a, I don't know, just really sad, but... Uh, which is ironic too, because I like, I personally like eating alone at times. I think that it's, it's good. It's a good time to clear the mind, but you know, I want, you know, I just go through the like, well, like, you know, where's this person's friends, where's this person's family. Um, and I just think in my heart, like, you know, if like, does this person realize how much God loves them? Like, like, I just want to tell them, right. Do you know how much God loves you? If their life is unhappy, you know, if only they knew how much God loved them. And I remember having that thought while I was at that restaurant and I left and uh, it was on a lunch break, returned to work. And I was uh, having a, a disagreement with a with a, someone else who worked who worked there. And uh, they were, I was just getting really frustrated with them. And I was just I remember like the, the conversation, our conversation ended. The person was walking out of the room. I was still sitting in the chair and I was watching them walk out and it's just like annoyed. And I like heard in the, my heart of hearts, just like God speak to me. He was just like. If only you knew how much I loved him. If only you knew how much you, I love that person who you are 
having such like anger in your heart towards. And I think that that's so important for us to remember that, like you said, in the process of somebody in, in every moment like this, we are not dealing with somebody. We're not dealing with an animal. We're dealing with somebody who God created to be a saint. And by the virtue of us not forgiving them and not treating them with charity, we are hindering God's plan for them. And that's obviously like a huge responsibility. And uh, we just need to be aware of like, you know, we pray for the eyes that God, that God has like, and maybe make that your prayer. God, give me the eyes to see people as you see them. Uh, I think is such a beautiful first step towards like a life, like living a life of forgiveness. Amen. That is all I got. Thank you guys for listening. Go forgive somebody. <laughs> go find somebody. And then also go hit somebody and ask them for forgiveness. It's a two-way street, people. <laughs> right. You're creating the opportunity for them to be virtuous by giving them something to forgive you for. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> All right. For those of us at Sinner's Take, you will hear us in the next one.